Yes, hello. I am James Roden. Today it's the WNL 388. It's NXT UK. But I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Monty. How you doing, man? Here I am. Back again. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing fine. too excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, 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 I may not sound it, but I am very excited. Always excited to... Uh, Come here and you know kick the shit as as I say as we say around here. A little talk a little shit about NXT, so it's cool. I can't wait. You know uh, NXT UK. It's been a while. I always you know I I, I try to do these these little these, my my notes in waves. So I usually take a whole you know like wave period to to consume in NXT UK because I'm not gonna lie. Like I get the the time on Thursdays to always catch it live, so to speak, but. Uh, always enjoy breaking these uh, shows down. So let's do it. Yeah, like I said, five episodes of NXT UK to catch up on and the latest on the WWE Network. So we're going to start with that because what we do mainly once a month is got a Broken Skull sessions to look at. And this month it was Seth Rollins. Now, with other shows, you think, oh, that could be quite interesting. I think I went into this one not really expecting much. And I think it delivered a lot more. First, what were your thoughts, uh, Seth Rollins, with Stone Cold? Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I definitely didn't come into it expecting uh, to really be wowed by stories or his perspectives on things. So, you know, it was kind of cool to hear his uh, thought process, you know, ex- especially we all know it kind of went viral from this episode. Uh, his reaction to his uh, him and the Fiends match at Hell in the Cell definitely was eye-opening and my attention and I learned a lot about you know that it's kind of cool to hear that when we see BS on our screens that a lot of times the wrestlers feel the exact same way yeah and I think that that's what that kind of confirmed you know him even going into the uh basically saying he was with thoughts of strangling Vince I understand that because there's been plenty of moments as a plenty of moments as a fan that I know we've all been like oh my goodness who's booking this man it's just you know, like what is going on? I think that was his moment as as a performer in the situation. So it was cool to hear that perspective. It was cool to hear about the friendly rivalry in the Shield. You know, it was just cool to hear uh, certain things that you never really heard comes directly from the man himself. Uh, you know, even all the way down to uh, his babyface run not working after he won the Universal title, or him being kind of jealous of Becky getting the main event spot that man. It's just it's a lot of. Little things that it was really, really nice to hear from him, uh, you know. And like again, Austin doing a great job of answering, the, I mean, asking the right questions, and you know, and getting himself to open up even more. I, I just thought this was a really good, really strong episode. Yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit. We'll talk about was hating the fact of wrestling in empty arena. They talked about Lynch. Which I think Austin handed quite, you know, respectfully. Talk about the drip character kind of being created there. But also with times with NXT and Rollins kind of button head with a lot of people. Of course, like talk about the worst match of the year from 20 as well. And even Bray Wyatt's comments. Wait till you hear what I say about that as well. It'll be quite interesting. And of course, like I said, talking about coming up with a shield and having Seth as a kind of manager to a Dean Ambrose Roman Reigns match. I mean, didn't he luck out there with that really, you know, coming through um, and talking about his match with Brock Lesnar <laughs> wanting to start the show at WrestleMania? 
You know, and, and again, it was quite interesting to hear these little stories because you think maybe old Seth is not really going to say a lot, but he does open up and he seems like a cool guy who kind of loves what he does. Yeah. And more importantly than that, he knows him in the company. He's talked about his kind of conversation he's had with, with stuff he doesn't agree on. And I think it just shows you that Seth Rollins, you know, talk about WWE don't build stars. Seth Rollins yeah. is one of the main event talents they've built in the last 10 years. I agree. Yeah. You know, they, they may not uh, hit them out the park the way they used to, or, you know, they may not get the mainstream uh, recognition. But, yeah, definitely, no doubt about it. Start, made a star right there. Someone who loves what they do. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, with their hate for WWE, sometimes just say and think some of the craziest things to me. Like, it's a bad thing that Seth Rollins enjoys what he does even though he did kind of let you know that his contract is coming up also he even mentioned that that we'll see what happens when the contract is actually up so you know uh he didn't even you know uh you know a lot of people kind of label Rollins as like a corporate shield but there's nothing wrong with enjoying what you do and like you said when if you can get to the level of having input on what your character is involved with and how it's portrayed and all that type of stuff you are definitely to that level to where, yeah, they're taking you seriously. They 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 recognize who you are as a superstar, and I think Seth Rollins is definitely. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. Well, I say weird. I don't know if Stone Cold's got some input and in who he wants on the show as well, because it seems like last year when he had Bailey or character, very lot of similarities between her and Rollins on a character that he's got getting off the ground. You can see how Austin's kind of impressed with it as well about it. Like I said, a really good show. Anybody that's not watched it, uh, it's. Well, go check it out. But all the Broken Skull sessions are, aren't they? Yeah, he really does a really good job overall in general. Like, I, I haven't seen one that wasn't, uh, com- you know, compelling at least. Even the ones where, you know, you probably was going into it not expecting to uh, learn much. You still get perspective, still get great stories. You know, and that that's one thing that Austin has been good at from the beginning. Austin, uh, whether in a roundabout way, based on just how much I enjoyed his podcast, uh, it, you know, in undergrad while I was in college, way back along seven, six to seven years ago, I was enjoying Austin podcast and be able to open up as an interviewer and get other people to open up as an interviewer. So uh, Austin's been good at this for a very long time. He's one of the reasons why I'm podcasting right now. So it's no, I'm no surprise that you know with the WWE production behind it and with that 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 roster that he can just pick from. And get perspectives uh, from, uh, you know, no, no, no doubt they are match made in heaven. Yeah, without a doubt. Also, had a little bit of time in my hands, and I saw the King of the Ring countdown that was on, obviously, because the King of the Ring right now, which you spoke about uh, last week's show of Raw and SmackDown. And I'm going to do the top 10. The number 10 was Baron Corbin. Number nine, Macho Man. Number eight was Sheamus. And you forget how many gimmicks that Sheamus has actually had in WWE. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, he had King of the Ring. Obviously, he's got his mask phase now as well. But, you know, yeah. he, even everything he got. Uh, number seven, Kurt Angle. Six, Edge. Five, Brock. Four, Triple H. Number three, Brett. Number two, Austin. Number one, King Booker. I mean, like I said, <laughs> no, um, no Billy Gunn or Ken Shamrock on the list. But does that seem about right? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's funny that they mentioned Barry Corbin because I don't know nobody. I don't know anyone who really enjoyed Corbin's run. But I think that's funny. My, I can't believe the Macho King is so low. I, I know I sound old, but the Macho King was a, was a, he was a great king. He was a great heel under the Macho King uh, gimmick. So it's funny to me that he's like nine. 
on there. Uh, but I don't really have a problem with it. Booker T probably is the most compelling uh, one who had the who took on the gimmick and literally ran with it as king. So I wouldn't be mad at that at all as him with him as king of the ring and uh, Bret Hart uh, with Jerry the King Law and the memories of that. I, I I can understand why why they're in the top two to two or three. So it makes sense. Well, all some of the WWE. I mean, the network used to have new stuff in a week, and now we're not getting a month. We get the Austin stuff. The icon has stopped at this moment. Other documentaries has. There's a lot yeah. of rumors about uh, cost cutting backstage with the W network in America. We don't have that problem at the good old network here. Uh, but you know, I was hoping there's more <laughs> stuff on the uh, network at some point. We move on to news, and we got sad news about a name is na- about a man whose name you may not have known, but whose work you've admired. Reggie Parks, a German pro wrestler and belt maker died October 7th. He was 87 years old. He was truly the king of belts as he created too many iconic championship lists uh, just by us talking here as well. Um, it, honestly, it, 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 it named the championships that he's talked about. The, the, probably the most famous one that we we know is the, the Winged Angel, as it's, it's called, you know, the Dillereth title, the kind of the classic uh, championship belt. Do you ever think we're going to get a, a title as good as that, or have we had a championship kind of as iconic as that belt was? Uh, as far as WWE, champ, WWE, WWF championships, I think we're pretty much sure. I think we can be sure that they're never probably going to look as good as they used to. <laughs> Again, uh, they they they've got they have a design, they have a logo. I can't wait till they decide to uh, revamp that because this this logo is you know we see it all the time. Every belt looks the same. Oh my goodness! It's, 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 yeah, don't get me started on that. But yeah, the Winged Eagle. I don't think we ever see anything like it again. You know, uh, it's such a like you said, such an iconic look. My favorite belt of all time is definitely the, just the big gold heavyweight classic style championship. I always like that look. It just looked like something that every championship want to have. Uh, but yeah, definitely no, uh, no less iconic and no less, uh, you know. Beautiful was the was the winged eagle and uh, the the old WWF championship from way back in the day, uh, with all all the greats that you remember holding that belt. Uh, yeah, uh, it's sad to see uh, Reggie Parks pass away, but well, legend that when you do something, when you create something like that, his legacy can will live on forever with that with that design. You know, it, it's it's but it, it's incredible the kind of. You think about UFC belts, NWA, um, WSW, IWGP. Like we talk about the the wing blade, all the big gold belts, well, all the intercontinental title straps that we kind of know and love as well. Tag team title belts throughout the line. Ring of Honor, the X Division Championship. As you know, it's it's just incredible to think this one man had such an impact. And you think about again, not having to go at WWE, but how shit that title belt is right now <laughs> compared to kind of the, 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 the stuff we used to have, you know? And I know it's not like, yeah. oh, it's back, back in the old days. Well, with championship belts, it definitely was, and Reggie Parks will definitely Definitely, 100%. Uh, other news, Devon Dudley doesn't do business with Bully Ray anymore. Now, no one should ask me why someone doesn't do business with their former partner. I probably understand but uh, it apparently it was due to their last <laughs> run that they had in WWE where Buddy Ray uh, got offered a contract and wanted to focus on the side of a career. And of course, he does busted open radio and Devon become a producer. Devon basically said, look, I don't want to become, become an active wrestler still. 
but because what Bully Ray did, we kind of changed it. We don't do business. And yes, the Dudleys uh, probably don't speak every day like we hope they would. But probably, you know, neither does Edwin Christian, probably. You know, uh, you know there's, other, there's other tag team. Booker <laughs> T, Stevie Ray, probably not in contact all the time. Um, so right. <laughs> I think it's, it's a sad thing, but isn't that just yeah. life? Yeah, it happens. And there, that that business relationship was over when they just when they weren't teaming anymore. It just that's just how it works when you're a tag team in that situation. I don't think it's anything, you know, un un you know. I don't think it's anything special or different here or anything. It's not hatred. It's just it's business. Two people who had two different creative ideas when it comes to their future. You know what I mean? And it's simple as that. And those things happen. It sucks. I know everyone wants everyone to be as close as they always were for their entire life. But that's just, like you said, it's just life. Things happen. Uh, you know, uh, I think Bully loves what he's been doing with Busted Open. He's been, he, he promotes the hell out of it. So I think he enjoys it. And uh, I, I also believe that I don't see if, I don't think there's anything wrong if that was the case with Bully Ray saying, no, I'm good on another Dudley's run. If you want to bring me back, I will do something solo, but we've done all we can because honestly, we see again back to how Dudley treats a lot of their older teams. Like what what would what would the Dudleys be able to bring to something they barely focus on anyway yeah. in a in a tag division? They don't focus on it anyway, even if they were tip top shape, completely active. So uh I you know, it it is what it is, but it's a it's a great point you make there that that's life. And it's just one of those things that, like you said, you can just break it. You can just go down through a lot of great tag teams throughout the years and see that it happened, that, that they fell out. The Road Warriors fell out. You know, it's all types of people who, as time went on, fell out with their partner. So it's, it's, it's one of those sad truths also not. So when me and Monty do fall out, we can go back to this podcast and listen to it and realize, like, yes. you know. We we knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, when when it exactly when it inevitably happened, and one of us does the double cross. This was people, all planned. People go go back to listen to the three eight eight when it was you know the classic <laughs> tag teaming. As we release this podcast today, it is Crown Jewel, believe it or not, and we will be doing predictions for Crown Jewel later. But we have promised you NXT UK, and we have got five episodes to get on with. So we're going to start September sixteenth. Let's do it. And, of course, the BT Sports Studios in London with Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness on commentary. And we've got NXT UK Heritage Cup number contendership semi-finals. Noam Dar versus Kenny Williams. And we get straight into the action round one. They took each other down early in the round. Williams grabbed Dar's hair as Dar tried to escape from a headlock. Williams attacked Dar's arms. He headed him as a wrist rock at the bell. Round two, Williams hit a few elbows at the start of the round. He worked over Dar's arm again. Until Dar managed to kick his Williams sold the knee, but it was a ruse as he rolled up Dar at one twenty three of the second round, making Williams one nil up. In round three, Williams kept beating Dar down, but Dar took back over in the further attack with a small package for two, but got caught in the knee bar. Sabre Bell's around ended. Into round four, Dar rolled up Williams with his legs on the ropes, but the referee caught him. Williams speared Dar on the knee, then removed the turnbuckle. As the referee reprimanded him, Dar grabbed the water bottle and tossed it to Williams and alerted the referee. He used the distraction to lock in the knee bar for the submission to 1 1. Then into round five, Dar scored a near four for back elbow. Williams got a near four from a clothesline. And Williams looked to finish off up, but Dar rolled to ringside. 
Williams went to follow him, but he saw, went to return the ring. Charles Samuels popped out from under the ring and grabbed his leg. Dar uses this opportunity. <laughs> Williams and was trapped, getting a pin and the win at 227 of the round. Dar wins 2-1. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, this match had uh, you know a few spots that just make Harris' Cup matches special at times. and uh, I love the, the late hit by both men after the bell. It kind of set the tone that both guys were untrustworthy and they were, you know, <laughs> trying to get that extra shot in. Williams being saved by the bell is always a great spot uh, with a time limit is involved. Uh, you know, uh, I thought this match was, you know, I, I thought, I think those moments are unique to this match type. And I think uh, when anytime you can do something that's unique to the specific way that you're wrestling or the specific style of match that you're wrestling, I think that's always a compliment to, uh, you know, to the wrestlers involved. Uh, anyway, I love the way that uh, both men got their first fall, you know, just outsmarting each other, you know. And um, I love the trash talk between them during the match. I, I really, really enjoyed this match. Uh, and I, you know, in the end, Noam Dar was the better cheater. And I, I love that story. Like, they're just like, we're just one step ahead in the end. He outsmarted them. And I thought that was just a perfect ending to a match. So I really enjoyed it. And I don't really think Noam Dar can have a match. I'm not interested in, but this was really good. You're about to Both guys look fantastic. The Scum of the Earth is a great character. Yes. Channeling the Eddie, uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, plus, he's just class. Right. Well. Fucking Char popping up there as well. Fantastic opener. <laughs> uh, Gallus warming up back. Jordan Devlin walked by and got a joke off his skin. We didn't see a dragon off address the NXT UK locker room. Uh, he appeared on the video wall. We said he was happy for the first time in a long time. He made the impossible possible. Was absolutely which is invincible. He was looking forward to coming back to UK. And the most interesting would be who would be the person trying to take his championship away from him. At that point, Nathan Fraser walked out and said he wanted to take the initiative and asked, why not me? Rampage Brown then came out and talked to what he'd done to Joe Coffey. Now he was violent man. And naked finally appeared and said he should get the first title match. Scarlett made a freeway between him with a winner. Getting a shot, Brown bumped into Fraser on his way out. We pulled him back in. They brawled, and Brown was the last one standing. I think for me, uh, Brown will be favourite in this match. But it's good to see Aid and Fraser step up as. Yeah, I agree. I think Brown definitely, uh, you know, was the favourite going forward. And like, even when even in that encounter, as you can see, uh, just you know, so dominant. But, uh, yeah, I like all three. I think all three guys would be great opponents for Dragon Off, and I think that was the best part of this segment altogether. It teased three interesting encounters. And Dragon Off, by the way, when he speaks, he makes these 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 faces. And uh, it's just it's hilarious at how the, the way he – I don't know what it is about how he emote Like, even, even at the end there when he was like, that's fine with me. He's like in a sadistic way, like, ooh, yeah, the more the merrier. The more people to fight, the better. <laughs> he, just, he just did it with his face. I don't know. His face is weird to me sometimes in a good way in this situation. Without a doubt, well, we see Jenny and Joseph Connors walk to their dressing room. Isla Dawn was in there doing scary stuff. She had drawn a pentagram with lipstick on the mirror. Still scary and let the doll. And then Mustache Mount were backstage. Bates said it was exciting to have a new <laughs> champion. Was keeping an eye on a number one tennis situation at the Heritage Cup. Seven interrupted him and talked about a tag talk situation. Bates looked t- t- looked taken slightly aback. 
but quickly on. In a minute, McKenzie returned and McKenzie shoved Turner aggressively, worked over her arm. Stevie came back with stomps in the corner and kicked her head. She was in the ropes. McKenzie came back with clothesline and a spear. Turner hit a side effect. McKenzie hit a rope assisted German suplex, followed by running knees with a pinfall victory. Uh, I thought this was very quick. Then what you. Yeah, uh, solid, but yeah, not not too long. Didn't really linger too much. I wonder where the story of McKenzie taking down her mentor or former opponent. Uh, we're, we're, I don't know where it's going. I don't know if that's just basically the story. Just, I'm just going to take down anyone who challenges. Make, uh, so I don't know if it's going anywhere. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but what happens after the match uh, was maybe the focus, and that's maybe why that match seemed kind of rushed at times, I guess. Yeah, well, Mackenzie will face Miko at some point, like I said. Um, I think Mackenzie's a bit bad. But she reminds me a bit of a female Dunn. Like, she's got that kind of like, yeah, all right. Let's oh, just yeah, kiss I us a little fun. We see Wolfgang and Tierman talk about the Heritage Cup tournament match next week. Wolfgang joked about the eye and suggests they leave the family members backstage for the match. Could he learn to the street she had to take out the biggest guy in the stack? We get a vignette of a new talent called Charlie Dempsey aired. Dempsey's Bailey Matthews, the son of Weagle. He's in black and white and he was watching old British wrestling footage. He said his inspiration was once and his body was like a ladder. He had to work it up and down. He said he was training the British style. He's going to show us things we never... He is coming soon. And we saw Dempsey wrestle Tyler Bate in NXT UK back in February. He looked good. It looks like they've got big plans for him now, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. You can tell. Uh, I, I like the... The filter, you know, of the video of the vignette, uh, his intensity and his voice—you can just tell he's going to be a serious problem. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what was coming. Yeah, about that. Well, they showed us after the previous match, Blair Davenport ran in to destroy Stevie Turner. She addressed his scholar and told him to reinstate her, or bad things were going to happen. I didn't think they were going to do this to Blair. That pretty cool, I was. Yeah, it, it was completely shocking. I didn't think that's that's where the angle was going. But it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty dope thing to all. Like I said, it makes her look so strong, even though it does make the suspension look weak. That she can just pop up, <laughs> yeah. no security, no, you know, no one there to stop her. But I'm not mad because, uh, like, the more Blair the better, and I really like uh, the way she's depicted here. Well, we get our main event, which is the NXT UK Tag Team Championship, pretty deadly. Sam Stoker, Lewis Howley versus Gallus. And pretty deadly used some questionable tactics to gain the upper hand and hit a GTS code breaker combo. They had Joe under control for us, eventually made a hot tag to Mark, ran wild for a bit. Some tags later, it was near falls galore, after which all four ended up at ringside, but they took each other out. Joe Coffey hit a shotgun drop kick off the top. Uh, he followed with a Glasgow center for the corner, hit all the best for the Bells, but Stoker made a save for the pin. Joe crashed in the ring post, and Mark almost got the win with a crucifix. Pretty deadly and hit spilled milk on Mark on successful title defense. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Before I get into the match, you have to have another level of confidence if you're going to dress like Pretty Deadly. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you have to have another level of confidence. But, uh, you know, Pretty Deadly have been consistent since i've been watching watching this uh and reviewing these shows they've been consistently entertaining and if i had a criticism is that they suck at dancing but their matches are like this one were are always compelling so far and the coffees were just great and they were fun to watch and joe coffee shined in my opinion as he as he tends to do anyway he's very very hard as always and i, I just thought this was this was good it had some really really good false finishes towards the end there and uh, I thought this was a strong main event, very, very strong main event. And 
Not mad at Pretty Deadly retaining. Uh, again, I, I say this all the time now with Pretty Deadly. Kind of like I was saying with NXT, you, with the NXT Tag Team Championship, who's next? So here we go with Pretty Deadly. You know, at this point, who's next? Because I feel like they're beating everyone. Well, it was nice <laughs> to see. It was nice to see uh, Joe Coffee with with um, with Mark. When all high profile right, matches, right. you forget Joe is small, and you go, "Oh, wait exactly. a minute, yeah, Mark's bigger." But like you said about uh, Pretty Deadly, there sideplex chair, yes, boy, uh, and it's UK <laughs> possibly has the best wrestling per hour as well. Move on to twenty first September, and in a serious note, after point oh, never change, never change. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from getting a crowd at some point, and we can hope that will be sooner rather than later. We are in the big studios. Again, Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. We start with Hedges Cup Contenders Tournament, Wolfgang versus Tierman. Round one, Rohan Raja distracts Wolfgang as he climbs the top rope. Um, and Tierman trips him with a chop block. Wolfgang recovers quickly. It's a power sign on Tierman to pick up the first fall. 1-0 Wolfgang. And round two with 60 seconds left. Tierman assaults Wolfgang by wrapping his hand, head in the ring skirt and smacking him around. Wolfgang counters with a thunderous punch. That concludes this round. But neither man picks into round three. Both men chops. Tierman focuses on Wolfgang's left arm injury. Tierman picks up the mental with a low sliding form. That lanes allows him to gain his first fall in this bout. So it is one all into round four. Mark and Joe Coffey take care of Rohan Raj from the outside. Wolfgang splits team in half with a damaging spear and gets win in this one. Moving on to the finals where we meet Noam Dar. I like the team in Cats, so I was a bit surprised he lost, but I did love the aggression from both. And- yeah, I, I thought this was cool. You know, uh, I was shocked with the definitive pinfall so early into a cup match. Usually... You know, the first round, either they're going to make it without a fall, and if it is a fall, it, I, I just, it, it just seemed to came out of nowhere. But it, it, I liked that, you know, and I thought that Tillman tried, you know, all he could do to break down the big man's arm and, you know, and try to limit his power. But, you know, Wolfgang was relentless, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love the story they told. I, like you said, they were both vicious, and they, it, it, was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of good here. It was a lot of good here, and I really thought it was well done. Yeah, and a really good showcase for Wolfgang as well, as we've seen. Yeah. Uh, backstage, we see Rampage Brown warming up for his triple ma- triple threat match later. Blair Davenport warns Skid Scarlet once again, if it doesn't reinstate us, she was in Mayhem and it's UK. Subculture running to Sam Gradwell before spray painting one of the walls backstage. I love it when he... I love Sam Gradwell. Especially when he's like, in a bit, yogurts. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just great. Uh, Gallus is celebrating the Jordan Devlin's private room. Devlin tries to get through the door, but Gallus just shoves him out. Devlin warns him he's going to make a stinker back to this gala. I don't mind Gallus because we've seen serious side. We've seen a little bit more comedy from now, aren't we? Which I don't mind. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, balanced. They're, 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 they're becoming more balanced. <laughs> yeah, I think without a doubt, it's good to see. You know, we've been so like one note time. It's nice to see. Uh, and then we get Isla Dawn versus Ginny. And Ginny fights Dawn off of the apron and plants Ginny face first. Joseph Collins and Dawn have a stare down. Dawn takes his hands and gives out a demonic laugh. Ginny stops Dawn on the tracks with a middle rope X-Factor. The pinfall. Um, what were your thoughts? I, I, I want to say, before I get into the match, what a build. Oh, man. One, one, the wrestling witch was in the other wrestler's dressing room. So I guess Jordan Devlin is going to have to hunt down Joe Coffey, right? That's literally what I wrote. Uh, anyway, besides that, yeah, it's better than saying, hey, do you want a match? 
<laughs> you you know what? I give you that. But to, yeah, I give you that. I I give you that. It's not a great bill, but it's a better reasoning better reasoning than what we've seen uh recently, of course. Uh but uh I thought this was decent enough. Uh, you know, uh, I, of course another wrestler being distracted by another person's voice spot again. I will always hate. I cannot wait until they get people into these buildings. Uh, but this was okay. This was okay. Uh, yep, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know what the hell Isla's deal is, but I guess I'm interested. So is, is she a face now? <laughs> like this is the question. Is she face? Like is that what faces do? Like I don't know. She showed. I know her face should hurt after that X factor. Why did they made that look good? That, that was the best yeah. one. That may be the only X factor I've ever seen. Where I was like, that looked like a, a reasonable finisher. Yeah, that finisher looked killer, no <laughs> doubt about it. Dawn shows some good uh, aggression. The UK performance center side, Brookside, challenges Dana Luna to a match. A-Kid is getting for the main event, which is up next. We get another vignette for Charlie Dempsey, shown. Of course, he'll make his debut next week. And then Trent Seven, Ash Smith, and Oliver Carter are having a heated chat about tag match for next week. And now on the main event, then, now on the main event, move forward and become Ilya Dragunov's first opponent for the UK Championship. It'll be A-Kid, Dave Fraser or Rampage Brown. We actually see A-Kid and Fraser join a temporary alliance to send Brown out of the match early. Their plan backfires as Brown takes both men out. But A-Kid puts Brown in an arm brawl. Fraser breaks it up and they hit a stereo drop kick on Brown who spills to the outside. A-Kid runs the ropes and he hit a drop kick from Fraser and Brown is back in. He sends Fraser away with a doctor bomb but A-Kid makes a and then comes back in by locking Brown up again. Brown spills to the outside with a super kick. A-Kid turns his attention back on Fraser and finishes him off with a jumping kick. And now A-Kid is a new number one contender to the NXK Championship. What a main event. Yeah, it was a hell of a match. You know, I love this match. Uh, they, they obviously pulled out all the stops. Uh, you know, this match is a great example of why I love triple threat matches, just in general. But it was just a good example of just... Uh, great, you know, wrestling. NXT UK is, uh, has always been good at just giving you consistent wrestling, and I think this is just this was no exception. Uh, it was good from beginning to end. You know, I thought Rampage had one uh, at moments with his power, but, you know, uh, A-Kid was relentless, and him and Fraser's athleticism shined throughout the match. It was just very fun uh, to watch. You know, uh, everything that they did was very, very good, and Throughout the match, a kid. Throughout the match, uh, I couldn't help but wonder, like, especially watching a kid in this match, I just knew that him and Dragon, he and he and Dragon off would be very, very interesting. So I was very pleased that he won this match, even though uh, I, at the, during the match I found myself rooting for Rampage Brown, but I, I, I wasn't mad at all because a kid is on another level, and this was just very, very interesting to watch. Yeah, all three were kind of great here and it's weird in any other wrestling company you might bring in a wrestler to team up with uh, Brown called Dynamite and then of course you have Rampage and Dynamite but only if another poor wrestling company would do that uh, but A-Kid versus Ia will be different to anything uh, we have seen in NXT UK and we'll move on September 30th we've got Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness welcome us again we kick off some tag team action Mustache Mountain Trent Seven and Tyler Bates Smith and of the Carter, Bait evades a doomsday device and stacks Smith's stuff, but Smith managed to wiggle free. Just when things look seemed calm, Symbiosis arrived near the ring to protect Mustache Mountain, Dave Mastiff, and Jack Stars to run out to save the day. Yeah, because that's who you want as your backup 
Jack Stars. Meanwhile, back in the <laughs> ring, Carter knocks Bait out with a super kick, but still isn't enough for them to win. Seven rocks Carter with a dragon suplex on the outside. Bait grabs Smith and dumps with a rope assistive deafening German suplex. Seven comes in as an eagle man. Bait hits his rebound ladder and Seven finishes Smith off with a dragon suplex to capture the win. This was great tag wrestling. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Uh, man, it's just a hell of a match for a show opener. And also for a non-title tag match, you know, something that wasn't, uh, you know, a big-time story with heat behind it or anything. This was just a very, very good competitive tag team wrestling match. Uh, Tyler Bates is just so good. I feel like I say that every time he's involved with something during these reviews. I think it's pretty much redundant at this point to tell you how good he is. Uh, he and Seven made uh, Carter and Smith look like a million bucks. And it was just one spot that Bait towards the end kicked out of, and I was just like, "There's no way Mustache Mountain is losing if he's kicking out of stuff like that." <laughs> so it was just, it was very, very fun. It was really, I, I liked it. And there was one moment I think Carter when he dived on Symbiosis and he broke his face because no one decided to catch him. Yeah, but, and then that fucking German <laughs> suplex as well. By you know, we talked about on the last show about you know uh, strong wrestlers. There's a reason why he's called a big strong boy because Bait can do things that no one else's size yeah. can. Uh, it really, really is good stuff. Jenny and Emil McKenzie get to a squabble after the interview. Nina Samuels interviews Dave Massive and Jack Stars, but she drives a herself. Massive and Stars decides to. I like it, Nina. I'm going to talk about this, Nina Samuels. So, I said to you, I think on the last one, she reminds me of Kids TV presenter. And that is what she's doing. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> so over the top. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And we get Danny Luna versus Zia Brookside. And Danny traps Zia with a face lock. Zia throws several gut punches to break it. And once she escapes it, that creates some uh, separation between the two. Zia tried to finish Danny off with a net breaker, but it wasn't enough. Danny catches Zia with a full way slam, drives to the mat with a power bomb, and it's night and night for Zia and a well-earned victory. Danny, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought this was a battle of strength and speed, and uh, the longer this match went, the more power began to win, you know, and uh, I, I liked it. I, I, I thought, you know, Danny Luna was impressive, uh, and I thought Zia's uh, reaction, you know, to uh, losing is interesting going forward, you know. So I thought this was good overall. I didn't, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Yeah, like you said, Zia Brookside rejected the handshake after, which, which showed that she's not a bit of a... Uh, but right. we take a look at Blair Davenport's unruly reign since joining the brand. She's instated. Uh, and Stevie Turner would like her and two Turner marks into Sid Scarlett's office demanding payback from Davenport I've been waiting for a moment Sid Scarlett just takes out Blair Davenport like that, <laughs> that, he's just really losing his shit he can't be stood on that much longer come on now um, backstage Sam Gradwell and Mark Andrews bitterness towards one another because Charlie Dempsey will make his NXT UK Deborah in the closing moments of this match, Dempsey holds Morel on a double wrist lock and oh, turns it into another Fujiwara armbar. Still not enough. Dempsey folds Morel up. Morel foot is touching the back of his spine. <laughs> During his very uncomfortable position, Morel taps, giving Dempsey victory. Uh, this was a great debut for Dempsey. Yeah. I mean, he stretched this man completely out. Uh, this is insane. This is insane. You know, he he looks just like Regal. Also, they don't have, they don't have to give him the last name. You can just look at him. It's another situation where it's like looks give it away completely. 
Uh, but you can tell he's a student of the game, you know, not just his father, but just a student in general uh, of, of, you know, just grappling and wrestling as a whole. And, uh, you know, that style he was using. And I came in expecting a five minute squash and it, it was like, it wasn't your, it was a squash, but it wasn't your typical one. It was like a, like a literal wrestling match type of squash. And yeah, Dempsey has a bright future. I think it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, submission was great. Credit to Morel as well for selling it. And there was one with a wrist where he went into the air as well. And it looked amazing. But like I said, he had a, a yeah. huge role to play there. You see the Dragunov and Aikid come face-to-face for the epic NXT UK Championship title match. Dragunov asked Aikid not to be naive and believes he will be the one to end the Mad Russian's reign. Aikid replies, simple. There are three ways he'll go about this. Tapping him, pinning him, snapping him. The way Walter did for months. Dragunov tells A-Kid he's just a kid. <laughs> and now is not his time. We'll see about <laughs> that when both of these men face off. I cannot wait. What about you? Yeah. I thought this was really, really good. You know, it, it did a really good job of, uh, it, you know, setting this, this story up perfectly. But I also really, really like Dragunov's energy. And you just feel, you can just tell this new air confidence now. In his voice when he speaks, you know, overcoming Volta has gave him the freedom or the peace of mind that has set him on a, a entirely new path. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't wait to see him uh, bring the pain as we know Dragunov can do. <laughs> we're about to, next week. We're going to get Mackenzie versus Ginny, Andrews versus Gradwell, and conclusion the NXT UK Heritage Cup number tennis tournament. But now the main event is Joe Coffey versus Jordan. Devlin and we see Coffee showing his power early, but Devlin recovers quickly and mocks Gallus by crossing his arms in front of his chest. That doesn't sit well with Coffee as he with Benny to Benny's suplex and they spring for Coffee across body. Coffee has recovered, but Devlin refuses to quit. They brawl temporarily turns to a slugfest. Devlin turns Coffee's all the best for the bells into a standing Spanish fly. Mark Coffey climbs on the apron with all Devlin's gear on. Devlin's distracting. Wolfgang holds Joe's Coffey's hand so he can avoid Devlin's side. Coffey pounces Devlin into the corner with his Glasgow send-off. Then decapitates the Irish ace with all the best for the Bells. Discus Lariat for the main event win. Uh, most impressive thing here was Devlin didn't look overmatched. I agree 100%. Like he, as someone who you would look at or people assume... Is in a completely different white weight class, and he really is in a different weight weight class than a guy like Joe Coffey. But he didn't look it; he fit right in well here. But I called it. I told you, do not mess with the NXT UK wrestlers dressing room, or you will have <laughs> to fight them. It is a done deal. That will be the reasoning for your match. So just stay out of other people's locker room, of course. Uh, this is a great match, though, man. Uh, you can tell they're two good workers and. Joe Coffey, man, is just an absolute beast. I, I know I may be saying something that's uh, redundant or known at this point, but, man, I love watching uh, what Joe does, Joe can do in the ring. And, uh, of course, it says a lot about Devlin that he needed Gallus' aid in the end, kind of, to get that opening towards the end. So it's kind of it says a lot about, you know, what Devlin is, like we said, that he fit in perfectly in this and that kind of that Gallus has kind of needed to aid Coffey to clear it up towards the end. So I, I love watching this match, so I have nothing bad to say. No, like I said, really, really good main event. Move on to October 7th, Fanny Shepard, of course, Nigel McGuinness again. Welcome us, and we kick things off with some female action. Emilia McKenzie versus Ginny. McKenzie and 
Ginny take this up a notch by trading blows. So he hosts Ginny and dumps on a mat with a high angle back suplex. But no surprise, Joseph Connors tries to get involved in this match. The NXT UK Women's Champion Miko Satamora runs out to stop him. Kick. Meanwhile, in the ring, Mackenzie rocks Ginny with two massive suplexes for two. But Ginny somehow recovers to hit an acid rainmaker kick combo for the pin full victory. And there is saying about Ginny, I just... And there is saying about Connors, I just Agreed. don't. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, and and like you mentioned, yeah, well, I agree. Emilia, the, the character Mackenzie must have an ulterior motive to make it work. Right, exactly. It has to. I know it's kind of predictable, but it has to be an end game. That's the only way that this makes any sense. Other, you know, like I get it, uh, the, the mentorship type of thing, but we all know what you know how that works. It, it has to end. With with that all, all ultimately being the end goal of McKenzie dethroning, not just dethroning, but being malicious, you know, because like maybe it started off as a, she gets her way to a challenge, but I think the the true money there would be obviously uh, McKenzie turning on Mako at some point. Uh, but yeah, you're 100 percent on the money with Jenny. Jenny is money, bro. Like I love her. I don't, again, as someone who didn't watch regularly all the time before I started doing these reviews. I've really got. A, I'm really developing true opinions about a lot of these characters, and every time Jenny has been on my screen, not only has she been captivating enough to keep me watching and listening to what she has to say, every time she wrestles, it's been compelling and really, really good stuff in the ring. So, like, I, I, I'm really excited for what for what this, you know, what especially for what she said after the match and what this is leading to uh, when it comes comes to Jenny, uh, and as long as Connors don't screw it up for us, man, I think this could be really good. Yeah, without doubt, like I said, post-match, Jenny calls out Miko. She wants a title shot. Looks like the final boss will give it to her. Yeah. The, the match was a good story told. You thought, you know, going right. wrong here. So hopefully, you know, that'll be as well. Backstage now, I'm with Shah, he's getting ready for his big match later today, and Shah and Dar do indeed rock. And earlier this week, Blair Danforth discussed off she would be allowed to return next week against Stevie Turner. So what was all about? Like, really, like... <laughs> then it was like, oh, and she had the simplest, easy plan ever. I'm just going to attack one of the women on the roster. They're going to want to fight me, and you're going to have no choice but to reinstate me. See it? See, it looks like the... And don't get me started on Invisible Saint. Did nothing to help for See, it. See, it looks bad, and no one is there to help for See, it. He just... Just I don't know. See, it just looks weak. He got to take all the blame here, but I I feel for him because he's just in a position and he's pretty powerless when you think about it. Well, it's like Johnny's saying to him, make me come less, Sid, and Sid going, no, you can come if you want. You know, it's it's always me. Like I'm not. No, don't don't make me get out. Don't, don't make me come out. Like, Please come to work. Do something. Like you know, it's it's crazy, but. We see A giving opportunity when he faces NXT UK champion here, dragging off for the title next week. And then into the match, Mark Andrews versus Sam Gradwell. And speed was a plan for Andrews, and that was going fine until Sam caught him on the outside and slammed him onto those wafer thin mats. Gradwell dominate with the Welsh <laughs> Wizard, gets some success working in the midsection. But Andrews hits a stun dog millionaire and catches Gradwell with a moonsault on the outside. But back in, Gradwell firmly grabs Andrews' ear, then capitalises with a devastating fireman slam, carry slam for the win. My f- yes, my favourite 
thing. Oh. Yeah, of course. I already know. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Because I tweeted it as well. And Sam Gladwell, the man always retreat my stuff. And I appreciate it. Because when you become a big star, I'm the only one that was on this bandwagon right now. But he, <laughs> he said to Andrew, he said he was a skater boy. I said, like, yogurt. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't, you can't beat that. Come. He always has a lot to say. Oh, my goodness. Does he always have a lot to say? <laughs> it's two things about Grant Well I, I appreciate. His consistent anger, because he's consistently angry about something. <laughs> and also, the fact that he just, he talks a lot. A lot. He talks a lot. He really does talk a lot. Um, and also, Mark Andrews, going back to before even this match he was started, I got to say, he really needs to come up with a better way to start these matches that he's not going to win. You know, just slapping someone and running off. It seems like it's not working so far <laughs> for Mark Andrews. Uh, this is a good TV match, man. I like Gradwell. He's he's pretty cool. And I think, you know, as they continue to build him up, give him more important things to do, the character can catch on even more as time goes on. Well, that, uh, and Sam has a history with Ia Dragunov as well. And Gradwell may be my favourite wrestler period in the world at this moment. Gradwell. Nice. I could watch it. He could be on the main roster. My only complaint for him would be to land in the finisher because you get that, just makes it tied together, so to speak. But it's fun stuff. And Flash Morgan Webster is still playing his slapping game. He lands a nice shot on Sashar Samuels, who sprints away before Samuels can catch him. I did call him a mug, which, again, if we're going to have Gradwell <laughs> Samuels, I'm in. Like, you mug, you yogurt, you mug. You just imagine that. <laughs> um, next week, NXT UK Championship. Well, the argument. Yeah, Ian Dragunov versus a It'd be funny. And we're going to get fans back in attendance next week as well. That is going to oh, be yeah. brilliant. But now the main event, who will become Tyler Bates' number one contender? The UK Heritage Cup. Normal contention. Now, Amdar, who was your pick to begin with versus Wolfgang, who, <laughs> who wasn't mine? Uh, but we start no. with round one. A very tight start. A very tight start. When facing Dar, you have to deal with mind games. That is a given. Is Dar yes. one of the most underrated guys at, at mind games in wrestling? Yes, he's underrated for so many different reasons, but definitely for his cleverness and just wittiness. He's he's always one step ahead, and that's the thing. You know, that's the reason why, again, not only uh, going back to the match with Kenny Williams, but just in in this entire tournament from the beginning, he has been uh, outsmarting his opponents, uh, you know, in so many ways to get these victories. And I think uh, he's underrated in, in the ring in general, but especially with just, like, his wittiness and like uh, how smart his character comes off. And I really enjoy what he does in the ring. Without a doubt. Round two, Wolfgang starts quick, but on the outside, Jordan Devlin storms out and attacks Joe Coffey. Dar uses this traction to his advantage by stacking up Wolfgang for the first fall. Dar 1-0. I thought this was excellently done with Devlin, obviously with Coffey. And we know the feud. Yeah. Round three, Wolfgang with his takes with a deadly spear to earn his first fullness bout. <laughs> you think Dar's got this? So <laughs> Wolfgang, <It> bang! Was... <laughs> Into round, Dar looked out on his feet. The selling by Noam was great, like a championship boxer on the very edge of his... like like Wilder was. 
for Fury just a couple of weeks ago. Um, Does every shortcut to avoid being pinned. Wolfgang speared the barricade right at the end of the round. Uh, One all was finished. And round five looks like the roles are reversed as Wolfgang is hung into the match. The champagne super knee couldn't get it done. And Dahl's look for the Nova roller, but Wolfgang stops him with the spear. Wolfgang hooks the leg, but the bell sounds. Wolfgang was so close to taking this home. And then the final round, round six, where Wolfgang lays Dahl up with an explosive offense just as the final round kicks out. Dahl came back into this with a dive on Wolfgang's injured leg. And Wolfgang decks Dahl with a heavy right hand for a two. Dahl stacks Wolfgang up. But Dahl lands a nice back kick for another near fall. He hits a Nova roller, 2-3. And now Dahl fails with a second fall. An overall tournament victory. Dahl wins the match. And you were right about now, Amdar. So why don't you bask in your glory of your pick winning. <laughs> and what did you think of the, the, the final match? And we'll talk about tournament as a whole in a yeah, round three was absolutely hilarious. You know, the way he walked out, you can just, you know, he, he's so confident just to get speared the way he did so fast. Oh, it, it, it popped me. It really did. But, you know, if you're not a Noam Dog supporter like me, um, you know, it is it is what it is. I, I, I can understand it. But you cannot say his matches are not entertaining. And, uh, it, like, he just, he's very cerebral. Like I mentioned earlier, just like how smart he is. You know, he just he wrestled smart throughout this entire tournament, and he just looked like a. The, I know Edge is the ultimate opportunist, but Noam Dar is up there as far as being an opportunist. The way he took advantage of situations in this, uh, in this tournament, in this match, and he's just a good wrestler, also. So it just it makes everything fun, funner, and more exciting. And uh, you know, this was just a great finale to the turn tournament, in my opinion. I think this is what the Heritage Cup. Is all about matches like this one, matches like Noam Dar's match uh, before this one. He's on a run, honestly. That honestly, you can you can make a case that all of his matches were pretty darn entertaining in general. And give me Noam Dar and Bait in this format or just any format, like just give them time and let them do what they have to do. Um, oh, I think the right man won. I was like full fledged rooting for Noam Dar, just like Nigel was. So it, it, this was just a great, great uh, ending to an episode and ending to that tournament. Well, the last round was fantastic. And I will say this is Scottish wrestling. You know, with two guys, we saw it with Kenny Williams in the last round as well, representing. And you've talked about, you know, people going to rooms to create matches. And this is creating the number one contender now who deserves it. It's no doubt now I'm Dar is on top of his right. game going against Bate. And of course, Bate is not got his mind on the Heritage Cup. You know, he's been thinking about tag team yeah. with Trent He's Seven. vulnerable. You know, like you said, yeah. he is there. And it's the storytelling as a whole as well. Even with Devlin getting involved and keeping that feud arrived. Tierman right. would be maybe the only one I was upset about. But we'll get on to Tierman in the next episode. Um, and we see Bate walking out, meeting his newest poses. Uh, this was a banger of an episode as well. You know, you talk about it, you know the main event. Obviously, my yeah. mate uh, Sam Gradwell and of course Ginny to start <laughs> off the show. You know, like I talk about, it's it's an hour, and it just flies by. You know, and I think that's the good sign of that, that they know what they're doing and they're they're getting they were getting in a groove. I, I think we mentioned I don't know if it was the last NXT UK review, but I know at one point we were talking about that without dragging off that. Uh, in in this period, while we're trying to get to the Dragon Off Walter match, uh, NXT UK was kind of getting—I want to say stale—but you can tell they 
They were, you know, trying to just put things together. And now you can see uh, very, very exciting things coming together. And, yeah, I agree. They, they, they're doing a good job of from the beginning of the hour all the way to the 54-minute, 55-minute mark, wherever it is. Uh, they, they do a great job of just packing in interesting content from beginning to start. And I hate to be that guy. But don't, doesn't this just give you those vibes of the, those the good old days of NXT when it was just on the <laughs> yes. network? It just reminds me of the, the way the way the show put together just gives me that hope that we can possibly see stuff like the takeover the thing that we we were used to in NXT because the way this show puts together is just like no, nothing unimportant everything makes sense and you're right to the point and most importantly. Every week they're right into the wrestling, and that's what I love the most about NXT UK. It reminds me of what I like the most about New Japan, uh, that it doesn't matter what's going on. You're getting right into straight-up wrestling, and you can catch up with everything else that's going on throughout the show while you're watching the wrestling. And that's what I love the most about NXT UK. The way they're paced is perfect. Yeah, and again, yeah, everybody knows I'm an ex-UK fan, but I've been watching Strong as well and other New Japan. And I think right, it rivals right. that with the wrestling. That is, Do not think just because WWE do not care about NXT-UK that the, the wrestlers don't because they are putting... And unlike any other wrestling brand that is that is out there at this moment, they haven't got a show to work towards. They haven't got a pay-per-view every month. Exactly. Over in you know a year and a half now, and imagine that for not having a payoff and and trying to you know like I said, the year versus Volta was at the last takeover. There's other matches deserved this, and it just haven't had it. So the storylines have kind of had to keep going, and and as a weekly show it works, but you still think like I said, if you had a takeover with five matches with this talent involved like bait versus star oh yeah um you know like we talk about pretty deadly doing what they've been doing exactly miko versus blair davenport you know like those types that card and i think nx uk does kind of get looked down upon my only hope is vince is complete about it and they're like you said they are treating (laughs) nx they're treating nx uk like the old nx i agree 100 percent, but i will have to Keep up, uh, keep up with you, and make sure you're doing okay when, when the very first uh, NXT UK 2.0 advertisement <laughs> pops up. <laughs> oh my! I noticed that. We talk about we're going to the last episode now, and the referee shirt, a new NXT logo, and it just looks so out of place. Um, <laughs> yeah. As speaking yeah. that, we start off October 14th. We've got a new theme as well. And no, the old one was a tune. This one, we don't need it. Just keep it. But, They're already changing, dude. Oh, they are. God damn it. <laughs> one good change, though, are the fans are back. And it makes such a... Yes. Oh, my goodness. Like I said, it's one thing about reviewing these NXT UK episodes. Uh, when you have... When you just... You're getting more... Incre- as the weeks have went by since fans have officially just started to return in general in the main roster... And uh, when AEW has been doing it, even though I feel like with AEW, they never really lost fans because they kind of did a good job of using extras and other people as fans, even during the pandemic. But yeah, NXT UK was like one of those last holdouts, if you know what I mean, when it came to that. And uh, so it'd be good to get some type of uh, human interaction and energy into the BT Sport Arena and uh, not have to rely on the live tape and 
just the wrestler's energy all together to keep you into it. Because I think all of us know as wrestler fans, especially going through the pandemic, and even since the pandemic has continued on, uh, we all know, or at least should know, our value as a live audience. And live audiences are almost, if not more important than the workers and the stories. It's just as important, if you know what I mean? If not, so... Yeah, uh, this is this is great, and uh, you can already tell first night back, and you can just tell a difference. Without doubt, and Andy Shepard there, and bless his heart, getting as excited the next UK as I do, you know, trying his best. And people, uh, I've had a few email, uh, emails about where Nigel McGuinness is. He's in America. He does Troy Five Live, where he's actually in the crowd, or you know, at the arena, and then he does the, the commentary over the top with Andy Shepard as well. I don't want to ruin the illusion. Andy Shepard does it in poetry, which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it works because I think Shepard and McGuinness, apart from shouting towards the end of matches, have got quite a good rapport yeah. to it as well. I think with Nigel, it's just a bit of a shame for him that Wade Barrett has made such a great, uh, you know, made that role his own in NXT, basically, hasn't he, you know? I agree, uh, and, and 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 the thing is, he's so good that I don't think it necessarily takes away from Nigel. It's just you wish that it was more opportunities for Nigel to yeah. get to show what he he can do, also because he's just he's that good. If not, you know, uh, with maybe a step behind, maybe he's not as humorous as a bear, you know. But they're both damn good at what they do, and uh, you know, I enjoy both of them, and I agree. I think his commentary. On NXT UK is pretty consistent. It's kind of kind of funny though that you know uh, we get you get to actually see him live and in person for Two Hundred Five Live, and not for NXT UK. And <laughs> it's, it's just like we can't flip that. We really can't flip that. <laughs> Two Hundred Five Live needs you, Nigel. It needs you more than anything. Oh yeah. And he's like, oh, I will try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the first match with fans in attendance for next UK, Stevie Turner, Blair, Davenport and Blair attacks during Stevie's entrance. Uh, but Turner managed to survive this match, come back into it, and applies three brutal net break for near fall. Davenport smacks Turner across the face with a low roundhouse kicks uh, and misses a double stomp off the top. Turner counters by dumping Davenport on the mat for a two count. And Davenport is ready to put Turner away. She says, knee you later. She cracks it with a Kamigoi, followed by a full Canaro for the free count. Well, yeah, I, this was a good match. You know, uh, Stevie Turner didn't look like a slouch. And I thought Blair, uh, basically, not only with what she's just been doing in general and as a character, but also in this match, I thought she just looked badass and, 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 and uh she does what she wants, right? You know, I think that's pretty much the character, or at least that's what they've established about, uh, you know, Blair Davenport, that she's going to do what she wants, and she's made Johnny Sane and C. Scott look, look like idiots. And uh, this is what she's going to portray going forward. She's she's definitely a dangerous contender to not just Mako, but the, the many other women uh, in the uh, NXT women's division. I know I talk about how strong the women's division in NXT uh, UK is, uh, but you know, again, this is another example with this match with Stevie Turner, with the uh, the stuff with Jenny and Amelia McKenzie's uh, story, uh, even uh, with uh, Zaya, uh, Zaya Brookside's, uh, you know, stuff with Danny Luna. They have a, a legit section of their division still working. We I didn't see a male in these in this run of like a few episodes, but we know she's still relevant. So, and, and you know, 
they have such a strong division that this is they have so much stuff going on that's unrelated to the championship. And that's just how deep they are in the women's division. So I, I do love seeing that. And this is just another example. But Black Davenport is uh, obviously on the road to the championship. Who will be her pits? Who will be her pit stops? What is the first view? What is next? Who is going to be that that thorn in her side going forward? Is it a face strong enough that's not named Mako ready for this character? I, we'll see. Well, this is the thing. A really good match start show. Stevie looked good, but there was fucking nothing 4D about her. I don't care what anybody says. Did you, did you see anything that match you went? By the way, she actually mentioned she screamed it out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh yeah, James definitely threw his hands in the air and <laughs> hated that part." I know because me and Matt, she's like, "I'm 4D" or something like that. And I'm just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." Whatever, or the finishers <laughs> called 4D would make more sense, but. You know, um, anyway, Blair will be champion unless she gets called up first. But the way yeah. they manage women on the roster, fuck knows what could happen there. Uh, like I said, Blair Davenport reminds the ladies in the back that she's ready to dominate Liddy Locker. We see NXT UK champion Ilya Dragunov getting warmed up for his big main event match. And poor Naam Dar, no one came to his celebration party last week. Dar won the entire NXT UK Heritage Cup Contenders Tournament, but he's happy for his buddy Shao Samuels, who has a match later today against Slash Morgan Webster, <laughs> and Shao even manages to find him a celebration cake. I know people saying it's a birthday cake, but you know, this this really lovely gesture <laughs> from Shao Samuels to Dar. Literally, these two guys are money. Um, Tierman is very upset for coming up short in the Heritage Cup Tournament. When is he not him up. upset, fam? Well, but this he's, is what I loved he's, about he, it. He looks, he looks pretty upset for for a while. But keep going. <laughs> no, but Tierman is so upset. He assures him that it's his responsibility to make sure the family uh, get better and they're going to expand it. And it just proves, you know, wins and losses sometimes don't mean shit. Uh, right. And I think for Tierman to be upset. After this shows the impact and hopefully, like I said, they can build from this and kind of show what he can do. Because I think he's going to be a big part of NXT UK as well. And then says Scala, not Johnny Sane, informed Ginny she will get an NXT UK from this title <laughs> match in three weeks. And then we get Charles Samuels versus Flash Morgan Webster. Of course, this happened with the, the uh, happy slapping incident last week. Yeah. Webster connects uh, um... a perfect dive through the ropes. Back in the ring, he flies off the top, but Samuel grabs a handful of tights and can't keep him down. Webster's top rope assault paid off on the outside, but with enough room to win the, the match itself. Webster clocks Samuels with a nasty headbutt and stumbles right into a spine buster, and that's all Samuels need mm-hmm. to win. Uh, what were your thoughts on This is a strong match. You know, I really uh, was impressed with Shaw Samuels. I don't know... If I've gotten a chance to even really review a match with him in it, it's definitely the first time in a while I got a chance to see Shaw go at it. But uh, it was cool. I really like, of course, uh, Morgan Webster. Uh, always fun in the ring. Uh, I made a mistake and called his tag team partner the one slapping people. He was the one slapping people. So I had to fix that mistake. But besides that, uh, this this was strong, and I have no problem with it. Uh, as a matter of fact, like I said, Shaw impressed me. Uh, but like I, I wanted to know, like, is this the, how often does Shaw Samuels wrestle? Does him and Dar, did him and Dar team? Like, what? How did you know how, how often does he get in get in the ring? Because as someone who who uh, has only been watching, I don't know how long he's been now, but not not enough time 
to say I've watched Shaw Sam using the ring. So well, I think this is my first time seeing him. Shaw has been doing this for years. I mean, when I seen uh, you know like little gymnasiums with 200 British wrestling right. Shah been doing that I would say for nearly 20 years now yeah he looks good such a great cat's work but he's lost loads of weight um, and Dar ah, okay. and Dar obviously you know Dar was wrestling on the same cars as Shah was back then as well so obviously there's a friendship Shah's come in as like Dar's but has not been featured maybe as often of um Maybe certain things we don't know, you know. But the thing with Shah, he's lost so much weight. And I love it because he's taken this seriously. A lot of people get signed and you just be like, oh. I'm... And right. Shah believes in himself. And I think he's got himself in his shape to try and have one last run. Because it's incredible. If you see a picture from Shah five years ago to now, um, it, it's just good that someone's kind of got in WWE shape. And again, he's second yeah. only behind Gradway, you know, like, oi, oi, and everything like that he's got. <laughs> but like I said, we need more Shah. Because Shah and Dar is money, you know, without a doubt. I agree 100%. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really like what I saw from Shah in the ring right there. And uh, yeah, more and more knowing I'm Dar, you already know. And I just Googled a picture of him, and now I understand why I didn't recognize him. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, he's taking this situation seriously, gotcha, which is though. good yeah. to see. Uh, we get a kid ready for his career-defining match. He takes off his headphones and puts his jacket on. And Nina Samuels hosts a self-named show, The Nina Samuels Show. As she goes up to see a Brookside and says, you know, you've <laughs> lost all these people. And Brookside points out as well. And then Aaliyah James is there. And that gets a match between James and Brookside, who go off and work out together. And Nina just smiles at the camera. There's a kind of... Desperation in her eyes that I can appreciate. Yeah. You know, it's just she is she's doing well. Uh on the next time that we're gonna to get together, which of course will be next month for NXT UK, we're gonna get Jordan Devlin versus Joe Coffee because he went to Siskala's office set up and he promises that a nice can beat a king any day. I thought that was a cool line. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. yeah. It's a really good line. See Scarlet deserves a raise. It's like Johnny Saint is getting paid twice as much as me, <laughs> and I just don't agree with it. Like I just, right. I, don't, I don't understand. He does all the work. Just it doesn't work all out work. for me. Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah. Poor guy. Well, then, like I said, the last episode of NXT, the last match that we're going to review right now, the NXT UK Championship match, Ilya Dragunov's first defense since beating Volta versus A Kid. I can't do this justice, so I will say to no. everybody listening. Please watch, but let me try. Because uh, both men are in a precarious situation on the ropes. With all the strength he can muster, Dragunov dumps A-Kid straight onto the canvas with an explosive superplex. The fans are enthralled and carry out this is awesome chance, which is deserved. The one yeah. thing that pisses me off is this is awesome chance in, in you know, starting 30 seconds into a two-minute match. Like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, A-Kid lives a China wizard and applies an armbar. Dragunov hoists him up and drops on the mat with a powerbomb. A-Kid still holds the armbar in place. Dragunov sends A-Kid away with a beautiful torpedo Moscow full of pin full victory. The Tsar will live to fight another day as the NXT UK champion. See, I didn't speak about all the work that they did to kind of build up to that level. But again, I can't do it justice with the chain wrestling and stuff. It was great stuff. Yeah, it, 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 it's pointless almost to even try to go into every detail 
because that's just how much they were doing at the pace that they were doing it. It was just two great athletes doing what they do best. And, yeah, I, I can't help but just recommend that, you, that people go watch it just like you did. And just what a match for fans to come back to. You know, your first week your first week allowed into the BT Sport, and they give you that. You know, uh, this is what NXT UK has been missing. You know, uh, you know, not only it's the world champion, but just like, you know, that that feeling and that that energy, you know, uh, you know, you could just tell with the fans returning and with Dragunov going for as NXT champion, you know, the NXT UK as a whole should only be getting better overall. And I think this is a perfect way. I think this match is a good example of what's what not only what's to come, but like you mentioned earlier. Even though it seems like they're off the radar and whatever, whatever, the workers do not know that they're off the radar. Yeah. The workers do not know that the internet only has has enough time, you know, throughout the week to check out AEW and and you know and SmackDown or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, uh, they don't know that, and that they don't work it like it. They don't work like they're underlooked or under you know under noticed and all of that. So. Uh, this was a definitely a great A match, just top notch stuff. And uh, uh, Dragonov's reign is obviously going to be fun. So I think <laughs> it's time for other people to you know just start watching and get on that train and see what where, where we're headed because this may be the most consistent wrestling and booking and just you know what I mean that that yeah. we're gonna get. You know we we uh, you know we talked about it with, with NXT last week and all that that in this that. It's just been a lot of different changes, a lot of things. You don't really know what to expect there. It is really, really comforting to know that this is what you can expect from NXT UK. Yeah, it, it's uh, what the equivalent is. It's like sucking up under the covers, you know, with a really warm pillow. You can enjoyable, comfortable ride. Like NXT UK is not going to throw you stuff like Raw, Raw mm. or, or SmackDown. Even NXT does. Right. It, it's not stuff you don't want. It's even the stuff that you go, oh, is kind of over and done with. They don't really waste time on NXT UK. You get an hour, and the hour is used well. And like I said, what a fucking match. Great show respect afterwards. Take a bow, both men. Hey, kid, one of these guys, I go, oh, he ain't got personality. He ain't got this. But man, can that boy fucking go in the ring. There was one point yeah. in the match as well. I thought Andy Shepard would burst a blood vessel shouting. He actually kind of <laughs> was going, oh, my God. And then turned to and I was just like, I still got it. And I was like, oh, he's going to go. He's going to go in a minute. We're just going to hear a thud. <laughs> and Nigel going, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, you know, I, I'm unbelievable <laughs> stuff. But like I said, I'm glad it's not just me because I've been waxing lyrical about NXT UK. What are your thoughts in the past five episodes of NXT? I thought this was strong. This might be some of the strongest uh, stuff, uh, booking-wise, consistency-wise, that they've done since I've reviewed it. Uh, and you can, like I said, it just seems like where they're heading towards something, and it seems like it's only going to get better if you just let everything uh, go its course. You know, Mako's reign can only, you know, I, I can see it getting better. You know, we have valuable and uh, p- great possible, you know, contenders down the line. Same thing with Dragunov with other possible good contenders down the line. Uh, Pretty Deadly's reign has been very, very consistently entertaining and, uh, you know, a positive on the show. And then not to mention all of the mid-card or, you know, non-Heritage Cup-related things that they have consistently going on, along with the Heritage Cup tournament that we saw come to a close during these past five episodes, which could only get you hyped for a very, very great Heritage Cup match 
that I know that we're going to uh, enjoy in the next few weeks. So it, it's just, like I said, you can't help but come away after looking at the last episode and just thinking about where they're headed with fans being allowed back. Uh, I, 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 the sky's the limit, and NXT UK has a chance to be some of the, you know, so they're already the most consistent, or, so, or at least one of the most consistent sources of entertainment that I watch weekly now. But uh, honestly, I believe they're on their way to only get better because they just they're in a really, really good position roster wise and storytelling wise. Without a doubt. And if you doesn't believe Monty or myself, just go watch it. And if you don't like the uh, A Kid match, then you're a fucking idiot. And you shouldn't be watching yeah, professional I, wrestling. I, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 I want to try to rephrase it in a nicer way, but I don't think you're wrong. You know what I mean? You're not wrong. It's just a lot of people who have anything to say. I don't see how you can watch it. Anything I ever had to say in the past about NXT UK always had to do with just when would I have the time to watch it. That was always my thing. But once I ever, once I found the time, once I got a chance to sit down and enjoy it, it has always been, you know, reasonably enjoyable and worth my time. So, I don't understand, you know, I don't see how anyone can look at what they put out and just be like, oh, who cares about this? This is this, that, and this, and that, you know? So, uh, NXT UK is in a good position, and I hope that they get even more eyes on their product as fans return and as Dragonoff's reign continues. Without a shadow of a doubt, we'll leave it there for NXT UK. Like I said, we'll be back next month some more and with the crowd back now it should be great and one final thing to do today like i said as we release this this is crown jewel now don't worry because we will review the crown jewel event on our next episode i was trying to think of something really scary to watch on the halloween special i couldn't think anything scarier than a saudi arabia event so we're gonna gonna review crown jewel (laughs) on the next show what we're going to do right now is predictions. Obviously, we haven't got a clue uh, what is going to happen there. So, me and Monty are going to play the prediction game. So, we'll start off. We'll run through the card, obviously. The first match is Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. And as we spoke on last week's show, these form a tag team uh, with each other. Who are you going to go for in this matchup and why? <laughs> it's, it's funny because immediately when uh, Ali attacked him, I just was like, okay. Definitely. So they're finally going to give Mansoor an actual story going into his match in Saudi Arabia because he usually has a match where he shines and wins. So there's no way he's losing uh, to Ali uh, in Saudi Arabia. I think we all know that. But I guess it's, I give them kudos. Now, this is bad when you because I complain in every year that Mansoor just popped up out of nowhere with no introduction and beat someone that we love like a Cesaro. Uh, once before, <laughs> but uh, I have—I guess I gotta have to kind of have to give them props for at least showing me the kid on TV every week, and then him popping up in Saudi Arabia looking like a big star. <laughs> but you know, I can give them props for that. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, Mansoor is winning, right? Well, the thing is, I would say yes, and if this was just a way for getting on the show. It's brilliant. <laughs> like, <fair laughs> play, like, long-term story booking by WWE. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say Mansoor is definitely the favourite in this one. Up next is Hell in a Cell, and this has got such uh, a rivalry to it. Edge versus Seth Rollins. These two men have been great yeah. on SmackDown back and forth, but it comes to an end. And I've got to say, surely it ends uh, in a babyface victory. Edge has got to go with Rollins in this, and I don't think Rollins will yeah. um, lose much in defeat either because he can just laugh it off, can't he? Yeah, I think, I think so. And then when you're going to get someone who's already a Hall of Famer, losing to them in a grudge match when you you guys have basically tied, split the split the the matches so far. It's not really a bad thing. It's not a downside. It's nothing that's going to make Seth look bad. Uh, I think you're right. Edge has to prevail here. Also, uh, again, since they're doing this in Saudi Arabia, I have a license to tell this joke. I'm pretty sure some of those people have no clue who Seth Rollins is, so Edge has to. Yeah, they, because, they, you know, they like, they like the old name. I honestly thought you were going to do something about... I thought the joke was going to be something about a cell, and I thought we were going to have to move on really ah, You know what? Ah, I missed a perfect opportunity. I missed a perfect opportunity. But you know what? I'm not going to go there. No, no, I wouldn't either. Um, we get, well, we've got the Queen, Queen's Crown Tournament Final and Zelina Vega versus Shania Baszler or Dewdrop. I haven't watched oh, that Raw yet because we are also saving it for the Halloween special. Um, if, if you were going to pick these <laughs> or do drops, <laughs> who would you pick and who would you pick? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all who you pick because no matter what, they're going to kill Zelina in Saudi Arabia. So it's like... You know, in the match. Really, in the like, match. Pick your poison. In the, in the match. Okay, okay, all right. Pick your poison. All right, all right. So who... <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't mind do drop, but I just see. I think Shayna Baszler is gonna win. I just don't understand the point of making her the first queen. So maybe do drop just because I can see more of a, yeah, you know, a kinship between the first queen. I just don't Shayna Baszler and the first queen in the ring is very hilarious in my opinion to do. Not because Shayna doesn't just. It's just like think she's the queen of spades already. So yeah, she fits the queen. Thing, but it's like, do you really think Shayna cares that she's the queen of the ring? Like, see, like, Dewdrop would care a whole lot more. So I hope we don't have a whole gimmick change with this, you know, uh, if Shayna was to win. But yeah, I, I, I noticed that I didn't pick that match at all. I don't really know. I'm going with Shayna Baby. <laughs> uh, up next, Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal, because we all want Woods, and we know Jinder Mahal is going to be uh, Xavier Woods. Yeah, and... That's what I'm. <laughs> and I would say Balor will be getting the victory here because a King Ring victory helps him completely destroy the demon character at the last pay-per-view. No, it doesn't, actually. It doesn't <laughs> help at all. <laughs> it doesn't change anything. I still remember. And it, no, what's stopping God, since their explanation was just God, what's stopping God from uh, gimmicking every top rope he's ever on? You know, he can, he can screw up the coup de grace in Saudi Arabia. And maybe Xavier will win. I'm, I'm hopeful. You're right. You're 100% <laughs> right. There's no way that Xavier's going to beat Jinder, much less beat Finn Balor. It's just pointless to me to book Finn Balor in that position for him to beat Xavier. It's just going to make people be mad at Finn. So it just makes most sense in, more, the most sense in the world to give it to Jinder. But just why? What's the point? Why tease us like that, dude? <laughs> You know a lot of people want that for for a guy. 
And you just do it so gender of all people. They can pull and, the rug away. Yeah. yeah. Classic WWE move, though. Classic WWE. Well, up next, it's a dream match. It's a match we will wait to see. It's Goldberg versus no, Bobby Lashley. No, no. No, what? No, we haven't. No, I, no, no one's been waiting. I thought since SummerSlam, we we've, we've all been really excited. Who is this we? <laughs> I I've are you had, French? We, I've we? had Who's countless tweet say to me how much they're looking forward. The amount of email and tweet that I have had. You need to it, block those accounts. But uh, never mind. All support is good support. I'm not gonna talk about them. But I will say this: uh, I honestly believe the only just lost my microphone. The, the microphone did not want me to reply. This match, no, the microphone did not even want me to say what I thought about this match. That's how disgusted with Goldberg my microphone is. Uh, Goldberg is going to win this match because I think that's the only reason why they would do it again. I think he's going to get his win back in Saudi Arabia, the non-title situation. Uh, Bobby is still, you know, the almighty. He won't look weak unless they let Goldberg go ahead and kill Bobby last. I don't think you can look any weaker than dying to Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> this state of Goldberg, at least. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, besides that, I'm joking about it. I, you know, I'm hoping Bobby Lashley wins, but I think the only reason why they're even doing this rematch is so Goldberg can get his victory back. Well, I hope Goldberg is there just to be destroyed uh, by Bobby. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say Bobby Lashley for the win, and then he will go I'm on. Hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And then him and Biggie yeah, can feud over the uh, the championship because the next match, WWE title on the line, Biggie versus Drew. And we talked about a couple of matches ago. Drew hasn't got a cat in hell's chance, has he? No way. No way. You know, again, another reason why it's stupid to draft three weeks ahead <laughs> and then to say, you know, oh, this, these picks won't come into play after the thing. Well, there's no way the SmackDown guy is going to leave with the WWE title. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and even if you want to give me the whole, all right, well, you know, this can happen in Brock's match and then whatever, whatever. It's just uh, it's com- extremely unlikely. And Vince McMahon rarely do things uh, that's extremely unlikely in uh, Saudi Arabia. But you know what? I guess I said I do remember saying the exact same phrase when Goldberg beat the Fiend. So... <laughs> Uh, just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. I think Big E's gonna win, but I'm leaving it at that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say pretty, pretty obvious choice. RK Bro versus uh, Styles and Omos. I mean, Styles and Omos are just there because there's no other team. I mean, I don't. Are they a serious threat, or will Omos finally lose his temper with AJ? Maybe. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen because from what I hear, uh, they. They wanted to split them up, but they decided against it in the draft. So if you're going to keep them together, I doubt this will be the last straw right now with with AJ uh, and Omos. But I agree that they, they don't have a, a deep pool of contenders or at least a deep pool of contenders that, they, that they're forcing anyone to take seriously. Uh, and, yeah, I think as, as fun as AJ and Omos were at a time, maybe if they were fun to anyone at all, I thought they they had some decent moments, and you know AJ is great, of course, in the ring. Uh, but RK Bro is definitely going to retain here. This match is just 
uh, a match that hopefully could say that hopefully this match will be the end of this feud that has dragged on. That's one thing about WWE. They have a couple of feuds that have dragged on. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so the last two matches are the two matches probably that we're not most sure about, you know? So. The this, Smack- these are the anything can happen, man. Yes. The SmackDown women's title on the line, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Which way do you see this going? Yeah, uh, I'm of two minds of this. Uh, you know, I could, part of me could see uh, uh, a, a situation, a scenario where Bianca could prevail, especially because her and Becky will be going to Raw. But I, you know, I'm so confused on how they're doing this. Are they just going to do like what the Street Profits and New Day did? Of the uh, in the last draft and then just trading belts if a Bianca was to win, uh, or and then even if Becky prevails and retains, is that what's going to happen? She's just going to trade belts with Charlotte and then they're going to move on. Like what is going on? That that's one thing that confuses me uh, when it comes to that. But I, part of since I know that that a belt it has to be on Raw and we already have the SmackDown Women's Championship. I mean Raw Women's Championship on SmackDown basically now, uh, and I know that's going to have to switch. It's definitely going to either be a Becky or Bianca situation. I think Becky's going to retain maybe a little bit too early. Now, who's take the pin? I honestly believe this is a situation where you can use some of Sasha's uh, indestructibleness, kind of, because I don't think there's anything you can do to ruin what Sasha Banks is. But I do think if Bianca keeps losing, especially to a Becky Lynch, it's going to be harder and harder to, uh, to invest people in that feud longer. If you let Bianca take a, a clean pin here, so uh, I can see Be- uh, taking the pin and uh, Big Belly. So Lynch winning over Banks, yes, and I'm gonna say Banks winning over Lynch. Okay, like, so it All makes right. more sense. The championships Banks over a SmackDown win a title, and then you can have Charlotte showing up on Raw, whatever it is, and losing to Lynch. They're oh, just losing that night or something. 24 hours later yeah. or something like this, maybe. Uh, again, they would, otherwise, they could do that. you're going to devalue it. It's literally just swap the championships, aren't they? I mean, it, it's so WWE I, That's what I was thinking. I agree. That's what I was thinking. But, you know, they did it with the tag champions. And I know we know that they don't. They could care less about the depiction of tag championships at this point. So I would like to think that's the reason why I was wondering, is Charlotte going to be added to this match? Is it going to be a stipulation? involved like is it something something you know would happen uh but i don't know that's the thing that's always that's the reason why this match is really harder to predict than any other match not only with the statue of the three women because like we we all know that any of them are good choices to be champion it's just the whole draft thing really has me confused on the the depiction of it but yeah sasha winning it is a good a good theory but i i honestly I wouldn't be surprised if they just do the whole trade belt situation. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, again, I'm dreading it a little. It's going <laughs> to fuck it up. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. A, it's a big deal. I understand yeah. it. But I don't, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. They've done it in the past where they just basically demeaned the championship and just said it doesn't really matter. The people will buy it as long as we tell them that's the champion. So, I don't know. Yeah, well... Final match, and I tell you what, this is uh, this is like quite funny with this because the ultimate one hates WWE. He's told me how much <laughs> he hates it. So I can tell. But <laughs> I tell you, say he's really into Brock versus Reigns. <laughs> 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 I 
I don't know he's going to have a go at me, but I don't care because at least say it makes him happy in WWE and the Brock Reigns right. feud has really kind of turned into it. And again, it's one of those where it has been the best story told uh, oh, yeah. for a long time. And even with the uh, suggestions from Lesnar that Heyman might not be raised aside and it gives you that doubt because we have seen Paul Heyman betray people for other superstars to win WWE titles oh, before. Man. Um, I mean, his reputation for a long time is just as a liar. So, like, <laughs> that's the I, one trait that we all know about. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it wouldn't surprise you if they did the switch. Lesnar no. became champion and heel again, and Reigns' face, and you just think, but we're going to end up in the same situation where you were at WrestleMania watching Lesnar right. champion and Reigns being booed by a crowd. Literally the first F5 of the match. <laughs> Instead of you know, reacting in just, you know, excitement, everyone immediately booed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, y'all didn't give them a chance at all. That's the thing. Being in the crowd, when the crowd is turning on a match, is some entertaining stuff. Could you just sit back and you watch how the increasingly, especially by the main event of WrestleMania, a lot of people is drunk. In New Orleans, a lot of people were drunk. So the insults were hilarious. The the people were getting ready to walk out like they didn't pay a lot of money for those tickets were hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we can end up exactly right there. Just, you know, time going on. And I don't know. It makes a lot of sense, too. You know, Roman Reigns being undefeated by basically everyone else he's touched and then losing to, to Brock Lesnar. They've done that before, and it wouldn't be surprising if Brock Lesnar did it again. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that that Ultimate enjoys this story because I feel like a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not, have been watching a lot of stuff that Roman has been involved in with this new character that he's had going on for the last for a long time. Even if they have to stomach a lot of the bad things that'll be do. They'll stomach that just so they can pay attention to what Roman is doing tonight. That's how you know you have a, a top star, if you know what I mean. So yeah. that's a great, you know, it's a great nod to what Brock Lesnar and what Roman Reigns, uh, what they, who they are and what they are to that company. But uh, I, yeah, I think that's the beauty of this match. Either outcome can happen. And with Brock Lesnar being a free agent, this, you know, he can win the belt and Big E could lose it, and we can flip title that way. Like it's, it's interesting scenario. I doubt that's gonna happen because I just don't see Big E losing his belt right now, and it just don't make a lot of sense. And uh, I just think you tell a stronger story with Roman prevailing in this way, uh, honestly, because I, I, I I'm picking Roman to win as much as I can see Brock Lesnar and all of those other scenarios coming into play. Uh, I think. That's all meant to tease us. I think he's going to end up beating Brock Lesnar. And if he don't lose, like, what do you do? You do a redemption story? How, how can we t feel sorry for Roman in that scenario? Even if Paul Heyman was to turn on him, like, do you think everything is just going to flip like that fast and it'll work perfectly? I'm pretty sure they may hope it worked that way, but I just don't see things working out the way they think. They can risk literally not only ruining a character that we like, but, you know, not getting the reaction they want again, and then we back to square one. <laughs> yeah, th this is a problem. This this is WWE's problem with a lot of stuff where they could fuck it up. <laughs> like, uh, right. and, and, it, and it could like take 
way. You know, we've been warned before with this, but there is, there is potential there. Like, look at the card. Like, we looked at Saudi Arabia card. We've got prediction. I'm going to say range as well of that. But the card for this event, because we haven't got an October pay-per-view, because Crown Jewel's taken it, for better or for worse, it should be better than any other Saudi Arabia event we've ever had, shouldn't yeah. it? I agree. This would be the strongest Saudi card that they've probably put together, even over uh, the first one with all the names and the great, the big old Royal Rumble. And I'm not saying that that was even renowned as a great one at the time. I just know there was a lot of hoopla around the first one. So, yeah, based on the card, this has no business not being the strongest one. It's just so funny to me. Uh, to see it in Saudi Arabia, a card of this strength, Hell in a Cell matches, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, just, you know, all of these big time, situ- uh, you know, things, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, I mean, I mean, uh, Goldberg and Bobby Lashley, that encounter. So it's like just having all these big names, having uh, the type of matches they put together, the women's division match, you know, we couldn't even have a women's match there years ago. And now yeah. the the biggest championship in the division pretty much. In, in in all of women's wrestling in WWE is on the line in Saudi Arabia. So if we've come a long way. This is going to be a big deal. And uh, I haven't watched uh, Crown Jewel, as a matter of fact, in at least two to, at least two or three years. I don't think I've watched. So as a matter of fact, I'm trying to think. The last time I way have watched, I don't think I I didn't watch when the Fiend lost to Goldberg. I just you couldn't you couldn't avoid that result. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like uh, so, but I definitely will have to keep my eyes out on this one because it's just it's too stacked of a card. Without a doubt, like I say, we will review that next week when the Halloween special calls Jaxi and Ultimate oh, One are going to force them to watch a Crown Jewel as well, so we can review it. But we should have <laughs> some fun, hopefully. So uh, hopefully, we can talk about the G One climax as well. Uh, it's been obviously really fun. Recently, of course, uh, one of my one of my mates, Zach Sabre Jr. Of course, you know he's my friend because we're both English. Oh man! Uh, you know, giving it, <laughs> giving it all that in Japan, as they say, uh, you yogurt. No, uh, but like I said, it's been great. And the last couple of weeks now, we've been able to DSJ catch up. is top five in the world right now. Oh, top five. Right down. We're going to talk about that. But like I said, we've talked about Raw SmackDown in the UK. And uh, it's been great to have you on for the for the past couple of weeks. And like I said, you're on again next week for the Halloween show. But I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode as well. Yes, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I may, it may seem like I'm getting worked to death. This is all fun. All fun for me. Uh, love working on of the material, just watching and trying to look at wrestling from another point of view than other just being a fan. You know, I love giving the fan perspective, but also just from a critical perspective also it's cool to do this and to break down all of the news all of the stuff that you see on a weekly basis now and you know we get to we get to talk about stuff that we love so i I like this and this is fun again and i appreciate you oh that shout out that well that is it for today don't of course don't forget we're across all social media twitter at the domino podcast i'm at the domino jr monty you just plugged your stuff yes at my monty pod and anywhere you look listen to podcast type in my monty and I should pop up. Give me a listen. Yeah, double O also on Facebook and Instagram because all Google platforms.com, YouTube, the number podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. 
Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate there. So that is it. Like I say, next episode, the entire WNR team for the Halloween special. But until then, <laughs> I have been James Ryan. I was joined by the fantastic Monty, and it's an enjoyable experience. All this wrestling for you, and I cannot wait for the Halloween show. Let's do it. Can't wait for it. Well, like I say, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Adios.